0: On this week's podcast, we have Eric Cantona winning the UEFA President's Award and approaching his acceptance speech like it was a fan that was insulting him at a game, and he decided that he wanted to karate kick it into the audience. Quote some Shakespeare. Quote some Shakespeare, uh, introduce a dystopian future, uh, make... Everybody uncomfortable except for Pav, uh, except for Nedved. Nedved, uh, what who loved it, who absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that, as well as some of the other all-time crazies uh, in terms of soccer players. And then Drew tells me a story about the greatest goal scorer that I have never heard of. He scored a lot of goals. Well, that would make him that. Buckle up. This is Dead Ball Brothers. <laughs> Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity so so much stupidity. we just real dumb we we stupid we we're not actually stupid. I like to think think for yourself. I like to think that we're two bright young fellows yeah uh bushy tailed bright eyed and ready to take on the world.
1: I think the, the cat's still out of the bag on that one
0: There's a lot of animal metaphors we've just included on this so many. <laughs> So that gives you a little bit of idea of what you're in for if you're listening to this for the very first time, and if you are listening to this for the very first time, welcome. welcome. I'm everybody's least favorite athletic writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely. With always with me, as always, is my real-life brother, Drew Snavely,
1: and Manchester United is going to be in the relegation
0: scrap all season long. If it makes you feel any better, Dortmund lost 3-1 to to Union Berlin.
1: They did? I didn't even <laughs> see that.
0: Oh, oh It man. was bad, my That's guy. That's terrible. It was real not good. Yeah. That's terrible. I said I literally said last week, like, "Hey, in, in probably in a week's time, uh, I will be in the same boat as you." Yeah, I um, really did.
1: I was correct. You saw that coming from a mile away. Dortmund will do that to you. Dortmund are already dropping points left and right, same as United. Classic. Yeah, that's just current, the current state of the state of
0: us. The state
1: of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Axel Witzel was out, which definitely hurt. Uh, that was a, that was a big owie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Manchester United were they're missing Luke Shaw. Super <laughs> <laughs> really really totally, essential.
0: Totally essential, uh, definitely a very uh essential the same.
1: in in the way that he keeps Ashley Young on the bench.
0: Ashley Young nearly scored a banger there.
1: He wasn't terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is what it is.
0: So we're going to avoid our sorrows this week. Yeah. And and just, uh, you know, instead of confronting the poor play from our favorite teams and how that affects our day-to-day lives, we're going to talk about Eric Cantona, because why not? Oh, man. I guess guess this is still going into Manchester United for you, somewhat.
1: The king of Manchester.
0: (laughs) The king of Manchester.
1: And uh, I I believe he said that, that there can only be one king when Zlatan joined United and you and Zlatan was like, That's fine, I'm going to be the god of Manchester. <laughs> Real Zlatan esque. Zlatan was Peak there for Zlatan. two
0: seasons? Yeah,
1: two seasons. Two seasons. I mean he played Won for a, a season and a half because he tore his ACL.
0: One at Europa Europa League yeah. Cup.
1: Yeah. Euro- so
0: God of Manchester territory, definitely.
1: Yeah, his first season was great. His second season, not too hot, but. Yeah. It is what it is. Then he went
0: to the LA Galaxy.
1: But, anyways,
0: Eric
1: Cantona.
0: Eric Cantona won the UEFA President's Award, which, if you did not know, which we did not, which we did not because we we had to look it up uh, just a couple minutes ago, the UEFA President's Award recognizes outstanding achievements, professional excellence, and exemplary personal qualities. The accolade, first introduced by UEFA in 1998, is usually awarded annually to a football personality who is deemed to have advanced the game's development and success. Advanced the game's development and success,
1: he has done. Um. Yes. By this single speech.
0: Let's 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 go over some of the things that Eric Cantona has done to advance the game. Um, goal scoring legend, extraordinaire for Manchester United. Yes. Uh, purveyor of the perpetually popped collar while playing,
1: yes, definitely
0: important. Flying karate kicked a fan. Gotta gotta love those. You know, I think it's important every now and then for players, for professional athletes, to just go and commit assault on some fans. <laughs>
1: yeah, really put fans in their place.
0: Malice in the palace. <laughs> I think we need more of that. When Ron Artest went to the stands,
1: oh my gosh, and that just was beat insane. the crap out of the
0: wrong fan. Yeah, it was the fan. It w- there was a fan that was specifically heckling him, and he went and beat up the wrong fan.
1: Yeah, another Manchester United player, Patrice, Ev- Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra. Yep. Jeez, that's mm-hmm. a mouthful for me, I guess. Apparently, uh, karate kicked a fan in the face. He was playing for Marseille when he was playing for Marseille, correct? Which led them to tear up his contract.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which fair play to them. Yeah. You know, I I'm not saying that it's a good thing that people do this and that professional athletes do that to other people uh, because they are superhuman and definitely can just run game on the average person that is telling them that uh, their family should die from the stands and all that stuff. But at the same time, there are people from the stands saying their family should die. So every once in a while. Yeah. That's just natural selection yeah, it just, now. Yeah, it's got to happen. I'm pretty sure you Darwin know. wrote about this.
1: I'm I'm so thankful that Cantona got the President's Award because it blessed us with what could quite possibly be the greatest acceptance speech for any award ever.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're giving Eric Cantona an award and then telling him, hey, you get to make a speech in front of... <laughs> That's in front of, you know, like hundreds of people that are unscripted. very important. Completely unscripted. We don't know what you're going to say. You can say whatever you want, man. <laughs> and, and is also going to be broadcast into Live. thousands and millions of people <laughs> that will eventually clip your speech and save it on the internet for all eternity. Or at least for as however long as the internet lasts. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's put it in context. Context. Eric Cantona, in 2019, the most famous thing he did up until this week was post that video on Instagram of a guy smashing a raw egg with his boner. <laughs> what? I do remember that, but I
1: forgot that that happened. It was literally like four months ago. Oh, that. Oh. I
0: wasn't expecting
1: you to say boner. Welcome. Um, here, Welcome to
0: the podcast. Here, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So you gave that guy a microphone and yeah. told him to say whatever he wanted to say. And he did say whatever he wanted to say. Started off with a Shakespeare quote.
1: Yeah, I just learned that it was a Shakespeare quote. As
0: flies to wanton schoolboys, so are we to the gods. They kill us for sport. That is the character Gloucester in King Lear, who has just had, uh, in the in the events of the play, has just had his eyes taken out. Um, on stage in in classic Shakespeare form. Fun fact I played in a production of King Lear the character who takes out his eyes. I think I, I think I might have seen that. You probably did I think I did. I did a knife flip in we, that scene. Yeah, it was pretty sick. I practiced it a lot so that I didn't mess <laughs> it up. I didn't mess it up. It's,
1: yeah, it's the important thing. It is the
0: important thing. <laughs> uh, and you didn't
1: actually gouge out anybody's eyes. It was a
0: stage gouge, definitely. Yeah. Um, the person who I was gouging their eyes out uh, did not did not have any damage done to his eyes. Yeah. That's the magic of the theater. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> Eric Cantona leads with that, proceeds to go into a dystopian future about how we are going to be eternal beings. Uh, that are perpetually at war and doing m- malicious, violent crimes to each other, much like Eric Cantona and random hecklers in the audience. Yeah. And then very, very quickly ends it with I love football. <laughs> It's like, everybody was like, everybody's looking at him like, what is happening? And then he goes, I love football. And everybody's like, all right, we're back in a Joga Benito video. All, all right, right. We, can, we're we can start clapping now. We can start clapping now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because they, they immediately shot the crowd's reaction right after he said, I love football. And everybody was just so shocked. Yes. But you, like you said in the intro, Neved was just sitting there
0: smiling. Yes. In, he in looks true so, form. He's like... Is yes. That, yes. Tell America. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Cristiano Ronaldo had this face that looked like he had just been served papers by strange lawyers.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Yes. Crazy how that happens. He who must
1: not be named, but who is just named. Moving on. But
0: uh, Who are
1: some other people that you'd want to to accept the President's Award? If
0: Eric Cantona is deserving of the President's Award for how he has advanced the game, I think that there are some important other people from the game's history That we should be talking about First and foremost, Emmanuel Adebayor Specifically for that goal celebration he had While he was at Manchester City In which he sprints the length of the field The opposite direction Away (laughs) from all of his teammates In order to celebrate In front of the traveling Arsenal fans It is the pettiest and best celebration I have ever seen in my life Throwing beer cans and stuff at him It's Wow Man, it's a a masterpiece. He got a yellow card for that. He did get a yellow card for that. Which, I guess you could say it's an excessive celebration, but... I mean... He got a yellow card uh, specifically for possibly inciting a riot. Was basically what he got the yellow card for. Any other knee slide in the world does not get a yellow yeah, card. Yeah, that one gets a yellow have. card because he would possibly create an uprising. If I
1: had to pick one person to to give a speech for the president's award, I feel like it would have to be Diego Maradona, because, I mean, you never know what you're gonna get with that guy. I I flash back to that um, that interview that he had with the Liga MX announcers and the Equis. Did you?
0: Did yes. You see oh, that? I remember. I recall. <laughs>
1: uh it was so funny the he, one
0: where he clearly doesn't know anything about he, league and too. Yes, he
1: has, he's just saying whatever pops into his head um <laughs> and there's a high chance that he would be coked out for his yeah, for Maradona, his speech
0: it would really there would be a lot depending on um how much coke he had consumed that day and how how recently he had done it yeah um mm-hmm. That is that is something that needs to be taken into account when we're talking about Diego Maradona possibly accepting the uh, the President's Speech Award. Yeah, definitely. Um, Zlatan also. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, a good shout certainly.
1: Yeah, he definitely deserves. I mean, he has definitely gotten a lot of interview time. I
0: do think that Zlatan's like kind of craziness is not real craziness, though. I feel like it's much more brand identity. You think he knows? I oh, he definitely knows. Yeah, Zlatan's Zlatan's stuff is is definitely like a part of a bigger like self brand push that keeps him, you know, getting crazy endorsements and deals.
1: You got to respect
0: it. I do respect that. that. I mean, I I respect it. It, He knows exactly what he's doing every time he goes into an interview. Yeah, it. I
1: definitely takes a, a special type of person to have the mindset where. I'm going to be as arrogant as possible mm-hmm. for this entire interview in my entire life. Even though I know that I'm not the best, I'm going to continue to say I'm the
0: best. I'm a God. Yeah. He, yeah. he does that. And it drives interest Yeah, and it keeps going. So like in that sense, we're talking about him right now. It, yeah, exactly. In that sense, like Zlatan is like up there, but also he's not like as perpetually unhinged as somebody like Eric Cantona is. Yeah. It's a little bit too calculated for my taste. I want somebody that actually might have problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that. Is there anybody else that you that you'd want up there or is, are we keeping it to that select group of people?
0: Joey Barton definitely could produce some gold from that. <laughs> Do you remember that period of time where Joey Barton went to a french team i can't remember which team in Ligon he played for he it was like a super short time it yeah. was like uh saint etienne or fc Nantes or something like that like i can't remember which which yeah i have no idea league team he played for but he played for them and it was there for like two months and he was doing this interview <laughs> And he was do he did the whole thing, speaking English, but he was speaking it with this pseudo French accent. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been there for like a couple months. It was so bizarre. I don't. It, it was. It's like listening to Brad Friedel speak now. You know, how yeah, Brad Friedel has that super, super weird, weird accent. Yeah. But like, Brad Friedel was living in England for like. Two decades. Yeah. So, like, I guess I kind of get it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like Clint Dempsey came back. Clint or Dempsey, Tim Howard, or Tim Howard, for yeah. that matter. All of even, our
1: bald goalkeepers.
0: Stuart Holden has a little bit of one every now and then, but Stuart Holden's family is actually like Scottish. Like, they're—I think he was actually born in Scotland. Yeah. Um. So. But anyways, <laughs> Joey Barton would be would be up there. <laughs> Honestly, actually, Clint Dempsey would might be up there. Clint Dempsey has this like selective crazy that he turns on on the soccer field. I feel what's up, playa? <laughs> Clint Dempsey is just oh man. There is there is this video that that U.S. Soccer put out like way way back when, um, and it's just a video of the interviewer going and getting barbecue in Texas with Clint Dempsey and Eddie Johnson. <laughs> and it's so good. Yeah. It's I believe It's so good, man.
1: Maybe, it's... maybe you guys should give that a watch. Maybe I'll give that a watch.
0: What, what a pimp.
1: What a pimp. Clint <laughs> Dempsey
0: unironically
1: calls people pimp. <laughs> That's the type of person uh, that Clint Dempsey is.
0: I would, I would, Clint Dempsey should get the for president. We award. stand Clint Dempsey. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, I'm into that. Now, I know that we are going into an international break. WTFPL
1: has yeah.
0: officially entered its first lull of the season.
1: Yeah. I um, guess we're going to have to bank on American football to hold us over until. We,
0: we will. We'll be doing that. Um, go Bills. But, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut Lashawn McCoy. Let's go Bills. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Drew and I are from Western New York originally, Buffalo area. If you, if you did not know that, um, hence our our bills fandom.
1: It is taking every ounce of self restraint to not jump through this folding table right now.
0: Yeah. That's what we do. They actually banned that. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. That's still going to happen.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Bills <laughs> fans don't care.
0: They're going to light it on fire this time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They were already doing that before. For that's some of true. for some of the tables.
0: <laughs> um I I did want to shout out one good pun team name. Of uh, in the league that I saw, yeah, which is Hearts of Midlofen.
1: Hearts of Midlofen.
0: Midlofen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dumb one, but I like it. <laughs> hey, of Hearts of it's Hearts yeah. yeah,
1: sometimes it's a simple thing, so it really gets you.
0: I'm into it. You know, <laughs> my favorite pun that I make all the time is when anybody when anybody ever says that's intense. Yeah, I say yeah, I like camping. <laughs> yeah, that I use that joke that way so too lame. much. But I love it so super much. Super lame.
1: I'm kind of mad at myself for laughing at it.
0: That's how we know that we're ready for fatherhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just two young dads without any kids. Yeah. Hopefully you guys didn't follow our terrible fantasy advice. Because our terrible fantasy advice turned out to be pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Um, I said I said uh, select Nick Pope as your goalkeeper versus Liverpool. You did. At least he came out with two points. He did come there's, out with a standard two. There's a chance that he could have come out with that with negative points, I guess.
0: I said Captain Todd Cantwell um and introduce the hashtag Todd Canwell turns out Todd can pretty much normal cuz he also got 2 points so if you captain him you got 4 points on the other hand if you captain Raheem Sterling which me and Drew both did this week yeah. you only got 6 points for your troubles so really it's not that much of a net loss
1: i feel like you should have followed your terrible advice like i did cuz i actually started Nick you Pope. actually you didn't captain that's Dog true. Can't well, I
0: cuz I wanted to win and I realized that it was decent advice but still not the smartest eh, advice. Yeah. Yeah, probably probably not. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're going to take a break from WTF because the Premier League's taking a break as is every single league in the world except for MLS. <laughs> cuz <'Cause> MLS <laughs> plays through international breaks for some reason.
1: They do not care. They do,
0: <laughs> in so many ways.
1: In so many ways. we
0: we'll just Enjoy watching Mexico beat up on the United States, uh, yeah. followed by Uruguay beating up on the United States, yeah, and then absolutely. we'll get back to uh, being somewhat happy and somewhat sad, as opposed to just sad all the time, in our United States fandom. Yeah, like we said, we're Buffalo Bills fans, and misery is the best company.
1: We're used to it, and I'm a Manchester United fan, so I'm pretty used to it now too.
0: Yeah, Borussia Dortmund.
1: I mean, it's been six years since we both. United's done. It's funny because so. we both
0: like neither of us like good teams, except for our soccer teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, You're, that's right. I was going to say I'm a Cardinals fan for baseball. but That's
0: fair. Cardinals, Cardinals are historically, like historically
1: a good pretty good team.
0: They haven't been great yeah. recently. Yeah, but that's, I mean. Beside the point.
1: Beside the point. Way beside the point.
0: Super out there. But we'll be back soon with more FPL advice next week. And we'll have a little we'll have a little uh, international soccer break. Yeah, we'll a little one. We'll, we'll, one. See what we see, we'll see what we say about that next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think that's good for the first section, yeah. our little intro section. I'm really ready to tell the story. Dude, So if you're ready to tell the story, I'm ready to listen to the story and uh, make jokes about it to our listeners' delight. Hopefully they like it. Yeah. And so, hopefully your jokes aren't dumb. My jokes will 100% be dumb, so stick around. After this break, I will bring you way more dumb jokes than you ever thought you would ever hear on this podcast, and Drew will probably tell you an actually interesting story. Welcome back from the break. Part of the reason that we have the break is so you can listen to that music again because it's so good. We're just... Trying to
1: find an excuse to play that music as, as much as we possibly can.
0: It's just a little palate cleanser.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's spicy. Like a little ginger. It's hot. It's great.
0: It's great. I love it. Drew. Absolutely love it. Tell me more about that goal scorer extraordinaire that I've never heard about. Yeah, so I guess I want to start off with a question.
1: Okay. And it's to you, Adam. But yes, please. But it can also be to anybody who's listening to this podcast. Answer at home. Answer at home. Out, out loud. loud, please. Or at work, <laughs> in your meeting. He will ask this question, and I want to hear your answers. <laughs> Who would you say is Portugal's greatest goal scorer of all time?
0: If you had to guess. Um, I would probably say, barring a certain contemporary player, it would probably be Eusebio. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people would probably
1: say said player that you were talking about. Indeed. That spent some time playing for Manchester United and Real Madrid, scored he, a bunch of goals for them. Yeah, he did. And he did also sexually assaulted somebody,
0: allegedly. Allegedly. Um, a lot of other the people, case. The case now not being pursued. Yes. So it used to be allegedly. Now I suppose there is no charges being leveled against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Just so that we're all clear. So we're all clear. Yeah. A lot of other people would say,
1: would say Eusebio.
0: A lot of other people would say Eusebio.
1: You said Eusebio.
0: Great player. Some, 1966 some, World maybe Cup. Maybe some of you guys said Eusebio. We're the number 13. That's why I love Eusebio, because 13 uh, has always been my number, Yeah, and he's the only... Nobody wears 13. It's Eusebio and Jermaine Jones. J, J, J. Which, by the way, going back to the UEFA President's Award, Jermaine Jones... <laughs> anyway continue yeah so i don't know many
1: people who would say fernando Peroteo. but i would not say that as history would
0: have it especially since you texted me like a few (laughs) hours before we recorded and said hey you ever have you ever heard of this guy and i I said no i just don't like telling
1: stories that you already know that's because i just feel like it makes the responses way more genuine
0: okay that's fair so yeah. I appreciate your commitment to the act of surprise. Yeah. Those
1: that know Fernando Peyroteo, who he is, who he was, um, they would say that he's Portugal's greatest goal scorer of all time. And most of them would probably say that he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Period. Oh, period? Yeah. Because this dude Oof. racked up goals.
0: Okay.
1: I, statistically, they'd be right. Like, nobody... All right, And I'll get into it later on in the story. But just remember the name, Fernando Perroteo. I'm going to be saying it a lot, so you're not going to forget it.
0: <laughs> 15% luck, 20% skill. 100%, 100%, 100% reason to remember, to remember Fernando
1: Perroteo. Yeah. So, Perroteo, he was born in Angola in 1918 while it was still a colony of Portugal. Um, back in, I mean, Portugal had a ton of colonies. Yes. Um,
0: it's amazing how European countries had a ton of colonies.
1: And it is like 1918. Wasn't that long ago. It was just over a hundred years. Yeah. And there's still colonies. I guess there are still colonies today.
0: Yeah. Like Curacao
1: and Greenland.
0: And how. And how. I, I just and how, like a, uh, an agreement.
1: Oh, I thought how was like nope. country. <laughs> no nope, like, hard no. I was like, <laughs> no never heard of how before.
0: Hard no, my friend.
1: <laughs> so for a little background on, on Fernando, at a young age his father passed away from a sudden heart attack, leaving just his mother mother to take care of him and his eleven siblings. Mhm. Eleven. So that I mean
0: Yeah, that's a lot of siblings. Twelve
1: twelve kids in the household, single mom. That's that's tough. Um he was a fan of of soccer, but he was encouraged to play other sports, participate in other sports, like swimming, rowing, fencing, and apparently he was a really talented gymnast.
0: Those are all, like, the richest, whitest sports. I know. Like, yeah. there's, like, soccer, which is only a rich, white sport, really, in America. Um, yes. And then it's all, like, all right, Ivy League stuff, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Um... When I was reading that, I was kind of thinking the same thing. But anyways, (laughs) he had some older brothers, and they were into soccer. They were playing soccer. Um, And eventually he started his youth career at 14 with Atlético Clube de Mocamedes, which is in Angola. And there was a little bit of drama for him joining the team because his brothers played for a local rival squad. Okay. And apparently there's a little uh, argument with some trainers, and eventually Fernando moved on because the drama was just a little too much. And so he moved to the Seu Jogo Chao, where he really started banging in some goals.
0: Tell me more. And Give me some, lay, lay me lay me down. I'm trying my
1: best with all these uh, Portuguese pronunciations. Yeah, it's, yeah. Mom speaks Portuguese, but I do not. I only have a, like a Spanish background, and yes. so a lot of these pronunciations are going to lean to the more Spanish. Quick background on things.
0: Our mother is was born and raised in Brazil. Her first language is Brazilian Portuguese. She also speaks Spanish fluently and is a Spanish teacher. She is trilingual in that sense um, because she also speaks English. Could she have made all of her children uh, bilingual? Yes. Yeah. By probably. teaching us at a young uh, age. Did she do that? No, 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 no she didn't. She didn't do it. Are, are we bitter about it?
1: Yeah. A little bit. Uh, I wasn't going to give her a hard time on the podcast, but here we are.
0: I will. Hey mom. Um, You really could have helped me out,
1: but thank you so much for everything that you've thank done. Thank you
0: so much for everything else that you've done for us, which is a lot, a lot, a lot. If you could have done this one extra thing, it would have been great.
1: <laughs> Super thankful for you. <laughs> Love you. Love you so much. All right, so back to it, back to the story. Fernando was playing at Luceo Jogo Chau. He started scoring a lot of goals, catching the eye of of some other clubs in the area. And in 1936, at the age of 18, he joined Sporting, cl- sporting Club de Lu. Luanda, who is an affiliate of Sporting Club de Portugal, um, mm-hmm. which is sporting club in in the Portuguese yeah. Premier yep. League,
0: famous club,
1: yeah, pretty pretty famous club. Um, a year later, after playing at Clube de Luanda, Peiroteo moved to Liz- Lisbon. Yes, which is where Sporting Club de Portugal.
0: Yes, more plays famous club.
1: Yeah. Um but he moved there because his mom was having some health problems. Oh okay. And so just like easier access to to doctors and
0: Yeah. No.
1: And stuff. Do it for the fam. Do it for the fam. As luck would have it, the Peroteos had a family friend who was in Sporting Clube de Portugal's squad and they got to introduce Fernando to the club's management.
0: Yes, that is a lucky break.
1: <laughs> and which is like eh, we're living in a world where it really pays no. To know somebody. To yes. know somebody in high places. Mm-hmm. And in this scenario, it really worked out for Fernando, but it also really worked out for Sporting Club because this dude went on to become a legend a legend for the team. Just a little spoiler, a spoiler alert for for all you listeners. Um, he soon joined Sporting's training sessions and caught the eye of the head coach when he scored a hat trick in a practice game. I was just like never never a bad time to score a hat trick yeah honestly <laughs> who's this guy <laughs> a contract was soon offered to him he was 19 years old at the time and he became an official player for Sporting Club Deport de Portugal a dream come true because they were his favorite club growing up so, yeah like that's i mean if that i got the if i got the opportunity to play for Manchester United i'd crap my pants yeah that's like, literally the dream that is literally the dream
0: that's oh, it's it's kind of like um That's very similar to Jordan Morris getting his like national team call-ups while he's still at Stanford, because that was—I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I do remember it. But it was the. Jurgen Klinsman's national team was just like scrimmaging Stanford's men's soccer team. Yeah. And Jordan Morris scored like three goals against them. Yeah. <laughs> and so He's we strict. started calling up Jordan Morris <laughs> <laughs> to the national team, even though he didn't play any professional soccer. Yeah, maybe
1: he should have started calling up better defenders. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Orlando Donovan. Orlando Donovan. Continue. <laughs> the, the wound is still sore. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So. Fernando opened his unparalleled goal scoring account by scoring a brace against better rivals Benfica in a 5-3 victory that also happened to be the debut for his for the club
0: his debut again this this is this is like very storybook like like a dream yeah like a parent died my mom was lo- taking care of 11 kids I got signed as a teenager to my childhood club after a weird connection, and then I made my debut and scored two goals against the club's arch rival.
1: Yes. Yes, essentially. Nice. He he had a knack for scoring against Benfica because he would go on to score 62 more goals cool. against them. So 64 goals in total against them. Um, that's... Kind of yeah that's lot. kind of a lot that's yeah. kind of a lot of goals <laughs> to to score against just one team, yeah, and that was just the beginning him scoring the brace against Benfica, um, Fernando would go on to win the golden boot in the league that year that year as like a nineteen year old yeah nineteen thirty eight he also won it in 1940, 1941, 1946, 1947 and 1949. It just keeps going. It just keeps on going. So, so he, was, he won it 6 times.
0: Yeah, over the span of a full of a of a decade.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Essentially It was like 11 years.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Um in in that span Sporting won the league 5 times as well as the Taça de Portugal, which is like their um, version of the FA Cup, FA Cup or ML,
0: Open
1: uh, MLS Open Cup. U.S. Open Cup. U.S. Open Cup. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's my bad. Um,
0: Fun facts. Do you know who the last non-MLS team to win the U.S. Open Cup was?
1: Was it uh, FC Cincinnati? No. Oh. Who? The Rochester was Raging the ro- Rhinos. The ro- Rochester Rhinos? Be. Oh, man. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Rock. Um, <laughs> Rock City. <laughs> so, yeah, won the league five times won the the football association of portugal's tournament five times um in the in addition to all the golden boots that he also won i mean this is kind of the golden era of of sporting's Uh history um he was a part of um a larger group, I guess. There are four other players, and the five of them combined, uh, they were called the Five Violins. It sounds a lot better in Portuguese because, I mean, it's
0: a rom- it romance like language.
1: Uh, I didn't, I didn't write it down. I, I and I didn't because I didn't want to pronounce it. I just want to say okay. the Five Violins. All right, the
0: Five Violins is like maybe we'll tweet about it. That's a pretty good name for a for a like a golden generation. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. That, that is, that is very pretty. Yeah, the Five Violins.
1: Yeah. So he scored a ton of goals. Obviously, right, I absolutely. I went through the six golden boots that he won. I bet you're dying to know how many hat tricks he scored in his career. Ooh. Do you want to guess? Oh, I, I I
0: I do I do want to guess.
1: Okay. I have a love-hate thing with guessing because a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's got to be so outrageous like he had 200 hat tricks." Which is like,
0: "No, he didn't have 200 hat tricks." Tell me Tell me how many goals he scored total. Ah, oh, but, okay. Okay, no, no, okay, okay we don't have to do that. We, that. That could be a big reveal. Okay. Um, how many hat-tricks he had in his career in that in that span where he had... 11 years. 11 years. Yeah, with sporting. Um, if you're playing, say, 20 to 30 games a season, um, if it's a truly insane rate... I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna math this a little bit. Oh goodness, yeah, you are. Uh, if if you if you say 20 to 30 games a season, if you say a pretty crazy rate would be you score a hat trick every four or five games, that yeah. is around like four or five hat tricks a season. Yeah. Eleven seasons. Eleven seasons. Forty-seven.
1: Whoa! Is that's really
0: close? Is it?
1: Yeah, it was forty-two.
0: Woo! Yeah. Wow! wow!
1: Topped the mic on that one. I was just excited that I got that close to it. So I mean, forty-two hat tricks. It would have been more technically in hat tricks if he stopped scoring every time he reached three goals. But there were several occasions where he you <laughs> he got like a double hatty? He scored beyond three goals. Gosh! So just some some quick little. Things for you. Uh, he scored four times, like uh, four yes. times in a game, 18 different times. Gosh. He scored five times in nine games, six times in four games, eight times in one game, and nine times in another. Or what I like to call the hat trick hat trick. The hat trick hat trick. The hat trick hat trick. Hattie squared. Hattie cubed. I guess no. no cubed. It, yeah, yeah it's cubed is three. Yeah, yeah, that'd be 27. <laughs> that That'd be nine goals. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he scored nine goals in in the game, in a game. He did. Yeah,
0: that's what I just said. Oh, he, oh. He scored,
1: he scored nine goals in one game before.
0: Then yeah, that that is the the had he cubed. The had he cubed. Had cubed.
1: No, because had cubed would be twenty-seven. No, goals. three three times three times three. Three times three sure, is nine. You're right. Times three is twenty-seven. There's you a know, little math lesson my, for you guys. My,
0: the first math triumph, uh, we're going to go with that one, and the, the one that you just heard, we're going to cut that out of post. Make sure you <laughs> fix that,
1: Drew. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We might keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> when all the dust settled, Fernando Peroteo scored 544 goals in 334 appearances across all professional competitions, which, doing math, about 1.62 goals per game. Which is absolutely insane. You're looking at me like, I can't believe that you just said those numbers.
0: As a wise man once said, do-huh. do huh? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: To kind of put it in perspective, Yusebo um, averaged just over one goal per game.
0: Which is still a nuts. Which is still a nutty, nutty average.
1: Um, And that other guy, I guess Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, he averages just over 0.7 goals per game and right which, you know so which is
0: absolute trash absolutely absolute, <laughs> absolute <laughs> trash which is why people
1: uh, refer to him a lot of times as like one of the worst to ever play the game
0: yes yeah that's why that's why people say that
1: yeah so our guy our guy <clears throat> Fernando perote 544 goals in 334 appearances when I when I read that I was like how is this dude's name like never brought up probably cuz he spent his entire career in portugal yeah in portugal and but, also
0: and also because uh, when you're uh, that early cuz cuz you said it was what what year did he start his professional career i mean he was 19 he was 19 so yeah. it was like 1930 19 oh, oh 19, the year the actually yeah, actual 1938 year, 1938 yeah and he played until 1949
1: 1949 and that was it
0: He retired after
1: that? Yeah, he retired pretty young, which I'm going to get to. Um, So, again, I just wanted to emphasize it. Yes. 1.62 goals per game. That's nuts. Absolutely bonkers. So he was 31 um, when he decided that he was finished obliterating these mere mortals (laughs) he'd been playing with and called it quits. He retired. Um, 31 is not old at all
0: not very old definitely probably it's hard because like you want to say like at the time like oh yeah this is uh, like (laughs) people don't live necessarily as long uh and stuff but also i feel like in that age like people were routinely going to 42 like like that was it wasn't as uncommon to see like really old soccer players that were still doing it
1: Still doing it. Still doing it. Just doing it. Yeah, um, there are... I know you love conspiracy theories. Ooh. And I know that, like, the last episode we kind of talked about... We did. Some some theories. We got
0: into some conjecture, some as I conjecture. like to say. conjecture.
1: And so there has been more conjecture about why exactly did Fernando Peroteo retire at the age of 31 when he was still banging in tons of goals
0: we're saying and- banging a lot in this episode <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to take a moment to apologize for that. anywho
1: anyway you're scoring a lot of goals so everybody's like why are you tired man yeah um so some people speculate that fernando retired to save his failing sports equipment store sporting goods store okay like the og dicks <laughs> dicks sporting goods richards as i like to call <laughs> it <laughs> richards um apparently players back then got a lot of money from farewell parties or they do like a testimonial match when they right. retire but instead of the proceeds going to the club oh the pl- the proceeds of the match went, went to, to the, player? the player that's so interesting and so there's a lot of money to be had in these
0: that's crazy farewell
1: games okay
0: like That actually makes way more sense as to, like, I I know we do testimonials now, and they give money to, like, charity, or they they give money to, or or the club collects money on, like, you know, you bring all these club legends in. Yeah. Uh, But it makes way more sense for a testimonial match to be kind of like, you know, stand in place of a player's 401k kind of thing. (laughs) Like, here's some retirement money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically.
0: I mean, it's not like he was being paid bad. Like, the 11 years
1: that he was playing, he was... Paid very well at at sporting as the best player. Yeah,
0: but also, like, you're kind of in an era also where, you know, not necessarily all sports players were, like, rich.
1: Yeah, and he had other business ventures, like a sporting goods store that happened to be failing, and he thought that this was the only way to to save the business. Yeah. So a lot of people think that he retired just so that – he could save his sporting goods store which i find kind of strange It's like dude, just sell your sporting goods store like just keep on playing soccer mm-hmm. if i'm a professional soccer player the last thing i care about is my sporting goods store i'm going <laughs> to keep on playing as long as i can cuz i love the game but
0: <laughs> i love football
1: maybe he really he he must have really loved that store because he gave up his entire playing his playing career for
0: for a testimonial
1: match <laughs> for a testimonial match um the store eventually failed anyways. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't the wisest business move, I'd say. I think that if your business is failing, more money isn't necessarily going to keep it afloat. It's just going to put off the inevitable. Right. And so
0: And I mean like yeah, if he if he just had kept on going, and just let it die. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know who he has to pay for. I don't know. I don't know what money he needs. I don't know if that, what specifically that sporting goods store function was fulfilling in his life. Yeah. But you have to wonder.
1: Yeah. So fans were shocked by the news of his retirement. Um, and a lot of them probably upset because, I mean, this is the greatest goal scorer of all time. That is just yeah. saying... I'm done when it it seems like he has way more left in the tank. So I don't know if he was trying to throw people off the scent, um, but <laughs> in his testimonial match and um, like his farewell to to the fans of of Sporting Club, I have a quote from him. Okay, he said, "I've been a soldier in the ranks of national sport, and a soldier does not escape from his duty no matter what the circumstances." But today, I recognize that I'm an old soldier, dot, dot, dot. I can no longer meet demands faced by a football player who wants to stay in shape and be useful to his club and to the sport. When I enter the field, I'm filled with enthusiasm, but after half a dozen kicks on the ball, I'm (laughs) Uh, uh, inexplicable. Inexplicable. Tiredness falls on me. That's me, but like as a 23-year-old. Like, eating a half dozen donuts. You know, yeah. Like, oh, I have this inexplicable, inexplicable tiredness from eating these donuts. This
0: was, I mean, like, this was, this was the 30s and 40s. Players were still smoking cigarettes at halftime. Like, come <laughs> on, man.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, Fernando. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I believe you. You're totally just super tired. He's and definitely very tired. Definitely don't want to make a ton of money from your farewell game. He has mm-hmm. narcolepsy. It's just like maybe play a few more years, maybe four years, retire at 35, you're still going to make a crap ton of money because you're a like club legend.
0: Yeah, when did he so, win his last Golden Boot? It was like nineteen. It was like the year before he retired or something, right? Yeah,
1: 1949.
0: Yeah, it was the year he retired. Yeah. So, so he's yeah. still clearly at the top of his game. Still
1: banging like, in those even, goals. Even if, he's,
0: even if he's not the player he was when he was like 23 or something like that, yeah. he's still one of the best players relative to everybody else.
1: Yeah. And maybe he was just tired of of the sport. Um, it is noted that he, when he originally moved to Lisbon, um, he didn't really settle super well with the city. I mean, lots okay. of noises, pressure from fans, like just a crazy That's atmosphere fair. from Angola, Africa, you know, yeah. where, I mean. Definitely. Yeah, it's... It's not really... It's not the same. It's, it's defi- just not the same. It's not the same. It's, it's not the same. And he was noted. He was a noted um, fan of the opera and going and seeing plays. Oh,
0: a man of and, culture. Yeah. I'm into yeah, it. I was going to say, he's, he's, he's got honestly, sophisticated taste. I honestly would be way more fine if he was just like, I don't feel like playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a more valid reason than being like, I'm too old. If he just came out and said, I don't feel like
1: playing anymore. I want to watch more operas and plays. I want to watch hours of John Wayne movies because mm. apparently he loved John Wayne, loved John Wayne. Um, okay. And I want to save my sporting goods store. That is not dicks. <laughs> Instead of just being like, yeah, I am yeah, I'm just, I'm too Oh Taylor <laughs> <Taylor's. laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness. So yeah, I mean, he, he retired. Um, and he spent some, some time just chilling. He, yeah like walked away from, from soccer or football for you uh, European fans of the pod. In 1961, Peiroteo became the manager of Portuguese national team. Oh. So he decided to get back on it, um, a Portuguese legend. He only scored 20 – no, he scored 15 goals in 20 appearances for Portugal, um, but his career spanned over World War II – and oh, so like international yeah. fixtures um weren't happening yeah really
0: and the world cup pre the world war pre world war 2 specifically was still like it was spotty fifa was still kind of fledgling in terms of getting it being recognized as like this is the world's tournament kind of thing yeah like it was definitely like post world war 2 when the world cup as like the biggest sporting event you could win really picked up momentum.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that is that is true. Um, in his second game in charge of the Portugal national team, the Portuguese national team, he handed a promising young player by the name of Yusebo
0: hmm. his first
1: cap for Portugal. And cap another person
0: of African descent.
1: Another person like handing off. The baton, yeah, pretty much. You know, um, a cap is just a, yes. an appearance yeah. for for a national team. For those of you who we didn't know, know that matter. there
0: are some people we have talked to them that listen to this podcast that don't like soccer that just find it interesting. So this is for you. This is a for cap you. is an international appearance. So it's it's cool that he
1: got to pass the baton to Yusebo um, in this match because immediately after the match he was sacked. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because it was uh, a 1962 World Cup qualifying game against Luxembourg, where they lost 4-2. to Ooh,
0: big yikes. So they're Luxembourg?
1: Like, yeah, Fernando, we love you, you're a legend, but maybe managing isn't your thing that that happens and that happens you see it all the time look at frank lampard at
0: chelsea oh
1: well he did he did pretty good at derby um i I was thinking more like paul schools at uh what is it he was managing some team in like the third english third division and he resigned after like five months and five or six months in charge because they were doing absolutely terrible that's where paul but that's besides the point um Piroteo got sacked um, after just two games in charge um, and that was kind of it for his soccer career. Yeah. Years later, he was injured in a veterans match in Barcelona. It was like kind of like a legends match yeah. I guess. Uh-huh. Um, it forced a surgery. Oh no. Which eventually led to the amputation of his leg. Yeah. So that was like that was kind of sad. That's that's, pr- that's really sad. It's not kind def- of sad. Def a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just full stop. It's disappointing.
0: That's a fun fact that's not fun. It's a fun fact that's not
1: fun at all. Uh, in 1978, the world lost the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game at the age of 60 to a sudden heart attack.
0: An, again, an early exit.
1: Again, an early exit.
0: Oh, man,
1: you're making a joke. Okay. I wasn't a
0: joke. It was uh, just a facts. Oh, facts only.
1: Yeah. So, that is the story of Fernando Perroteo. And may he live in our memories forever. Talk about him at your dinner parties. Say to any soccer fan or any any person who claims to be a fan of soccer or football, if that's what you prefer, bring up Fern- Fernando Perroteo yeah. and his immaculate goal-scoring record. I mean, it was 1.62 goals per game. Yes. 544 goals and 334 appearances. And I was shocked that I had just never heard of him. Yeah. And that it's not a name that gets talked about more. And so Totally. It's cool that I get no, to tell this story. I was like
0: looking at like other just like some other players. Like Pele played till he was 37, 38 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I was like if you if you keep up remotely that that pace for like another 6 years He's you're you're immediately up there with like in terms of total goals. Yeah. Like you're you're immediately up there with like the people who have scored the most goals. Yeah. I was also thinking about Romario and how he said he scored 1, goals, a thousand goals. But he uh, was counting like goals in friendlies and ah. testimonial matches yeah. and also possibly video games <laughs> that he played. Very nice. Like uh, Very nice. Yeah, no, he, he's easily he's his his numbers easily put them up there.
1: Yeah, it it is wild. crazy though. Like he won the Golden Boot in 1949 and then retired.
0: He all and and also like like you said because his career was smack dab in the middle of World War II when international soccer was just like non-existent. Yeah, his. His total like international appearances and therefore more goals that he could score were so much less yeah. than other people yeah. um, that came after him. So you don't you don't get that. At the same time, too, though, you have to think about it's what I call and what people call the black and white rule, uh-huh. um, which is if your highlights are all in black and white, you don't get put in the same discussion. Yeah, because yeah, that makes be- sense. Because yeah. I mean. It just, like, it doesn't make any sense that, like, oh, this person was easily better than everybody else, and, like, way back then, and we definitely have not advanced to the point where they're better than him. Like, there were just freaks that, before the sports, you know, Fernando was good. I yeah. yeah. Not taking anything away from him. 544
1: definitely. goals, I mean. Yeah,
0: legend of the game.
1: Yeah. He was
0: definitely playing against some farmers, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. It, it's kind of like Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points in the game and how nobody will ever do that. Mostly because, like, you know, like defenses are that good now. It's not yeah. because we're not putting out better players yeah. than Will Chamberlain. It's that everybody is so much better across the well, board. Well,
1: I think we do have um, more athletically gifted yeah. uh, people yeah. now than in the 1940s when
0: mm-hmm.
1: when Fernando was, more, was playing.
0: More athletically gifted, more infrastructure, more specialized training. Yeah, like even even the people that are in you know, second, third division soccer in Europe have been playing soccer and only doing that since they were kids. Yeah. And that's their job. And I doubt that that was the case in 1939.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely not. So, definitely not.
0: so, So th- there is that. Like, you, you have to take that into account.
1: Yeah. I just wanted everybody to know the name. Fernando Perroteo. Say it with me. Fernando, Fernando Peiroteo. I'm, I'm sure I'm say, pronouncing it way. It's wrong. probably
0: Fernando, maybe. I mean, yeah, Fernando. Okay, I also I also don't know how European Portuguese compares to Brazilian Portuguese yeah. because that's what we know and have heard so much because that's yeah. where our mom is from. And that's how she speaks it. Yeah, um, I know that there are some similarities. I know that there are some differences.
1: Yeah, just keep that in your back pocket, Fernando Peroteo. Yeah, impress
0: and, impress,
1: impress some, some people with
0: some knowledge this week. I know that. Uh, Pod super fan Charles, Charles Capisano,
1: Charles, man. Um,
0: apparently, I guess met Eloy Room, who is the Curacaoan national goalkeeper. It's and, really cool, and impressed him with knowledge of Ur- Hilio Hato, Hato, La Pantera Negra, La Pantera Negra, uh, the original, the original Black Panther, uh, and Curacaoan goalkeeper legend, um, which is pretty dope.
1: <laughs> yeah, take it. A, take a, a minute to to listen back episode two for a short went. history of Curacao's soccer Eight history. episodes ago. Eight episodes ago at this point.
0: Yeah. Um, it was Honestly, that was cool. That was really, really cool to hear. Yeah, that was really cool to we're hear. We're still like, I mean, obviously we're still a very small podcast with a, with a, a very limited audience. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool to hear from you guys. It's really cool to hear the people that really love the podcast have apparently been able to use the podcast in
1: social situations. Uh, Comment commenting, giving us reviews um, to help better us and our podcast. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's really cool to we, see you guys taking the time to to shed some light um, on what we're doing.
0: Yeah, we've already been talking about things that we could do to shake the, the podcast up, um, change it up a little bit, um, and we'll see what, what form that takes. Where that takes us. In the coming weeks. Yes. Um, but we are already 10 episodes deep in yes. this thing. Um, and it's something that we started just for fun and so that we could do something together because we like spending time with each other Yeah. and already like a bunch of you guys like it. So if a bunch of you guys like it, like, Hey, that's already more than we could have asked for.
1: And if you really, really like it, go and rate us five stars. Anywhere where you're listening to your podcast.
0: <laughs> on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Overcast. Look at us. Listen to us on Pocket Cast. Listen to us on Podbean. Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easily the worst name. Uh, I think that's the worst name for a yeah. podcatcher. Uh
1: drop drop us an email uh deadballpod at gmail.com Absolutely for any questions, any stories you want us to to dive into, um, any
0: concerns. Social media, Deadball Dead Ball Pod, everywhere. Everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us there, Deadball Brothers at Deadball Pod. Um, you can follow our personal social media accounts if you want to. Um, I'm, I'm at Snaves, S N A V E S.
1: And I'm at Drew underscore Snavely if you are into Manchester United vitriol.
0: Vitriol, specifically.
1: Specifically. Man
0: U Vitriol only account. <laughs>
1: But yeah, that's vitriol it. Vitriol
0: only except for Paul, Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba stan. Yes. Vitriol for most other people.
1: Yeah. He didn't yeah. have a great game he yesterday. He didn't have a great game. But uh, he gets passed.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I, get I love Pogba. him. He's the he my son. The <laughs> only Manchester United fan giving Paul Pogba a pass currently. <laughs> Drew Stanley. <Snape. laughs>
1: oh, man. But yeah, that's it. That's all that we have for, for this week. So yeah. So I guess we should end this podcast. guess
0: we, guess we should sign off. Um, yeah. So uh, a big thanks to everybody listening. Um, Enjoy your international break. Um, Try not to get too sad by the United States men's national team.
1: Cheer for the Buffalo Bills this weekend, this coming weekend. Cheer
0: for the Buffalo Bills, always. And uh, we will uh, smash you through a folding table in love. Go, Buffalo. And see you next week. And see you next week. Bye-bye.